Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Callum Sully podcast. Episode 12 this is, and I enjoyed this episode with the guest that we're going to be hearing from today, Usman Ahmed. And Usman is a pharmacist by profession, but he's also recently really got into his content creating. Um, he hosts his own podcast, he's a co-host on another podcast, um, and he likes to talk all things sport, he's a big footy guy, uh, but he also knows quite a bit about nutrition as well, um, tied in to um, you know, diet and, and what he does for a living tip. So in the episode, we talk about something I'm very passionate about and what Usman is also passionate about, IF, Intermittent Fasting. And intermittent fasting is something is one of the few dieting methods that I actually get on board with. I've tried many um, in my career because I've always believed that before I can really make content or teach or preach anything about a certain diet method, I need to know what it's about. So I've tried all of them. Keto, paleo. I haven't tried Slimming World, I don't think I'd lower myself to that level, but I've done things that are similar to get an idea of how it would make the body feel, right? So I can work out, I can weigh up the positives and negatives and then ultimately give my uh, viewpoint. And the one that's really been the, I would say, the one that not only have I agreed with, but I've actually, and still do, uh, I've actually used many times, and as I speak today, I have been intermittent fasting. Um, so it's one thing that I actually get on board with. And we'll talk about my reasons. Uh, and Usman will share his reasons why he also uh, continuously uses intermittent fasting um, in, in his life as well. We'll talk about the possible health benefits. We'll talk about the cons too. It might not be for everyone. And then we also get stuck into um, other topics right, such as um, pharmaceutical stuff, we talk about the vaccine, we talk a bit about veganism, uh, other dieting methods, uh, plus a little bit of banter thrown in, uh, because Usman is a Manchester United fan, and if you are listening to this and didn't know this already, I am a Liverpool fan. <laughs> so, you can imagine how difficult this conversation was, um, but I got the elephant out of the room straight away. But in all, it was a great conversation. I think there's some real take-home points in this episode. Um, and, in, you know, we're going to talk a lot about intermittent fasting and a load of other stuff too. If you have any questions at the end, send me an email, info at cesolipersonaltraining.com. If you're not following me on social media, guys, please go ahead and do that. Instagram and Facebook, both my handles are Callum Sully Fitness. I'm also on LinkedIn now too, uh, Callum Sully Fitness. And of course, YouTube. So, without further ado, let's get into the episode with my guest, Usman Ahmed, and we're going to be talking all about intermittent fasting. Hello, welcome to the Calvary Podcast. Okay, today we have Osman on the show. Thank you very much for coming on, buddy. How are you today? Uh, thanks, Callum. Really happy to be on. Yeah, I'm doing all right. We're, we're doing okay. Obviously, everything's back open again. The sun's out. What more do you want, really? Well, you, so you're in Manchester, which is literally just up 
up the A6 from me. So I imagine the weather has been pretty similar to what it's been for us. Um, still cold because we're up north. Yeah, um, of course. But decent. What yeah, it, we've seen this. Yeah, the, the weird yellow thing has made its like yearly visits to us. So yeah. we're doing we're doing all right for now. Everything's good. Uh, what do your beer gardens look like uh, around They're your area? Absolutely hammered with people. Like Mental, if it? they had like double the seats, triple the seats, I'm sure they'd still be full as well. Like every roadside cafe bar, you know, the tables, the literally people sit in two per chair. That's how busy it is. I've, we've got a barber's near our high street, and it, as far as I'm aware, it's just a barber, but I, I, they've got tables outside the front, and he's certainly <laughs> selling beer, so he must have, must have got a license, um, so it's now a barber slash beer, so even even businesses that aren't in the hospitality are getting in on it, they're like, why not? Why not? <laughs> that is, that's crazy, I can't believe that, go, well, go, go why not? Cut, go and get your hair cut and have a beer. Well, I suppose if he's got a prime spot on the high street and, you know, he's, he can put a table and chairs out, he might as well find another way to make extra it's few worth, bob. Yeah. It's worth it, yeah. yeah. Um, so, cool. So, before we get started, I want to I want to address one thing straight away, Osman, which is Manchester United. Oh, here right? we go. Here we go. Now, <laughs> now, before we get into this serious podcast, this is the most serious topic of all. Because um, I am a Liverpool fan, so... Oh, uh, so you is... know what? Um, I've just Something's just come up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, if you want to end the show there... Um, no, but quickly, Super yeah. League. What a joke that was. Right? Oh, my God, yeah. And, that and was, none, um... none, of us are, none of us are innocent from this... this uh, no, 100%. Dis- I think, realistically, it was... Ma- Manchester United were the instigators, let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. I think out of everyone, Edward Wood, etc., we were we were the instigators of this. We hold our hands up, but I mean, the fans. Thankfully, I mean, I was there at, on Saturday um, for the for the protest for the Glazers. Right. So yeah. that shows where where I stand on this. Even though, like I said, we you know my club, your club, would have made huge amounts of money. Let's let's be fair here in terms of. What it was going to do for our clubs, it was yeah. going to be, it was going to be great. Let's be honest, but Doesn't for everyone else, yeah. it was, it was going to kill them off. So the and right decision's that, been made. As much as you know, as much as I love Liverpool, I also liked, you know, I think we all agree we want to see the the smaller teams come up. You get excited when Leicester's so close to winning their second Premier League title. It's not going to happen, but the the fact that they're in the conversation is great. Or Burnley, you know, these these teams that are starting to climb up. To, to yeah, the literally... ones that have worked hard that have, you know, yeah. deserve it. Like Leicester, you know, they worked hard, they deserved it. If it was just sort of like whoever's the richest club wins it, it like it'll just be Liverpool United all the time. All the time. Yeah. And we as as great as I'd love to have won again, which is certainly not gonna happen now. Um yeah, I, I didn't it, it didn't sit right with me. I don't think it yeah. sat right with ninety percent of the people, did it? So Yeah, hundred percent, yeah. Even though there was a lot to gain, but yeah, for for everything else it would have it would have just ended football in every other way but glad we're on the same page we agree on something we agree on that so we'll, we'll move on before the disagreements yeah. start coming yeah. through um so we obviously obviously we'll talk a little bit about a few things but i wanted to just basically go into a bit of your background this minute and, and yeah obviously you've got a background um you in tv presenting um you also you were a content creator you've also had um 
some experience as well uh, in a, a pharmaceutical background, right? Yeah, that's my main, I mean, like my, my job, what I've, you know, what I qualified for. Um, I've done a master's in pharmacy, so I'm a pharmacist. That's like my day job. I've been doing that for about more than 10 years now. So it seems like too long, to be honest. But yeah, that's that's my main job. You know, medicines, pharmacy, etc. Worked in different companies, different things. But I've always had this thing where I've wanted to do something a bit more creative because obviously with like science, it's sort of like it's sort of black and white, isn't it? Either it's this or it's that. But I've always liked to be a little bit creative. So that's kind of led me to trying to find other avenues. So I, I kind of ended up doing radio first. I was doing like a few local radio stations, ended up helping out um, at TV stations, done work with record labels so just a little bit of everything it's just sort of like it's it's a little bit more creative so I think it's always good to have that creative outlet especially when you're in a job which is very very like it's like strict isn't it there's a lot of rules you don't get to kind of you don't get to have your own input it's not as if like I don't own my own business so I don't get to design my marketing and etc things like that so yeah for me it's just like it's a little creative outlet where I can sort of express myself in different ways and it's almost a hobby as well and, and um I, w- I was listening to a podcast walking home from work on friday um and it was it was a business content but it was talking about social media and he brought up uh, will smith right we'll no need to wonder who will smith is yeah yeah no, no introduction needed will smith was asked why he posts so frequently on his social media um and he said you know, the old, how it used to be was, um, for actors in particular, you wouldn't post content, okay, you'd, you'd keep yourself quite almost um, intriguing, right, you, there'd be some yeah. mystique, mystique about you, and that's how you'd get into movies, because people would pay to come and see films that you're in, because they get excited to see you. Post-social media, though, this is a different world now, now it's about posting all the time people now want to see you and your life um all the time on social media in order for people to go and pay to see his movies and it was an interesting question that he got asked because um even if it's not relative to a business as you say you know it's just about being creative just post content just share your life out there it seems to be the social media's moved the needle forward in a complete opposite direction to where it used to be um and it is now just a, a, that's probably why we're both sat here now doing this. Just it's about creating things, and it's yeah. great to see so many, particularly podcasting. Um, audio has made a big comeback in the in the last sort of ten to fifteen years, um, and and now people can listen to podcasts in the car. I know I know a lot of people listen to this podcast in the car or go because mine is re- related to fitness. So I know a lot of my audience will listen to this podcast when they're going for walks um, to get the steps in. Or um, sometimes I know people, I don't know why they do this, but actually exercise to my podcast, which I don't think I would like to be doing uh, workouts with my voice <laughs> in the background. But it's whatever hey, can get you to concentrate, isn't it? Yeah. Really interesting point, I think, you know, that you made about like actors and things like that. I think it's gone the opposite way now, isn't it? Before, like you said, it was about the mystique you know oh you know this guy keeps himself to himself now it's like unless you're posting every day 
you will be forgotten that quickly. Mm. Like you're not relevant unless you're in people's faces or, you know, they've scrolled past you on the timeline. So it's literally the complete opposite of what you were saying before. So yeah, if you're not posting content, you're not relevant, which is, I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, but that's literally where we're at now, isn't it? I suppose it's not a good, I suppose it's a, it's quite a sad thing. Um, but it, but, but it's the way the reality at the moment, yeah. if you're not keeping up, you will be left behind. Um, and especially with TikTok as well, you know, yeah. TikTok is, is definitely, I mean, I, I struggle. I, I do post uh, content on TikTok, but I'm 30 now. I feel out of my depth on TikTok. Yeah. I, feel, I feel like I'm 10 years too late on that mark. Um, but, you know, anyone can do it. Um, YouTube, I, I can spend hours now just till two in the morning just watching YouTube. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's incredible. So you obviously have t took that on as a bit of a hobby. So, you know, what kind of content are we talking here? Is it just, um, I know you were mentioning before about, you know, just general general stuff but you know what 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 are your passions what is is that what you turn into into your content yeah so i mean obviously having done like tv and radio i you know i like being able to express myself so i'd i'd left that for a little while and then obviously i, I felt that there was a little there was a void in my life like i said just do my sort of nine to five day job and then like you said, you know, you start looking in like YouTube and you start seeing other people, what they're doing, and then it sort of inspires you. So you'll see something and you think, you know what, I, I could do that. So for me, I, I was seeing a lot of travel, you know, travel videos and people, you know, going to restaurants, their experiences and things like that. So for me, it started off as that, really. I just thought, oh, that looks good. You know, I, I like to travel and I like to go you know go eat at places maybe that's something I could try so my content started like that so I started off doing that type of thing I was traveling quite a bit at the time so wherever I was going I'd make little videos about you know the place I was at etc so it was travel vlogs you know restaurant reviews or if I was going to the match or whatever just anything really just sort of daily life thing just again it was just sort of an expression a form of expression for me more recently because i start my i like watching podcast type you know stuff i start i listen to podcasts i'll watch like video versions of podcasts so for me i was like yeah this is something i should do a lot of my friends were like look you know you're a pharmacist you know there's a lot of things going on health related in the world obviously in the past sort of 12 to 18 months and a lot of people would come to me for advice regarding that and they're like look the way you explain it to us it's very it's very easy to understand so why don't you just why don't you just make that into a video why don't you make that into a podcast so obviously i've taken that on board so that's what i'm doing currently my my content's moved towards sort of more podcast type you know informative you know general chat you know let's talk about what's in the news sort of thing also informative type stuff so i've done a few you know like about the vaccines what you know how they work what's what's behind them etc things like that really yeah so i'm i'm one of those bit jack of i want to do everything i want to do a bit of everything and what what would you say um is the it, when it comes to the, the pharmaceutical side what is do you reckon the most common question that you do get asked um regarding um stuff like that medicine 
Oh, you know what? There's no, there's no one question. Like when it comes to medicine, you'd be surprised what people can think of and what they want to ask um, regarding medicine. Normally, you know, for me on a day-to-day basis, it's sort of now, it used to be, oh, can you recommend something? I'm going to go off topic here, but one of my bugbears at the moment is now because of the internet and because of Google, everyone seems to think they already know what they need to treat themselves. So now it'll just be like, have you got this? Or have you got that? They'll just like stick their phone up and say, have you got this? Yeah. So I I find that a bit frustrating, to be honest, because people, you know, because they've done a quick search on Google, they've already diagnosed themselves and they already know what treatment they want. Dr. Google. Dr. Google. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not a fan of that at all, but that does seem to be the majority of things that people want to ask in terms of pharmaceutical sense. They already know what they want. Right. Right. And regarding, regarding the vaccine, um, do you, I suppose you'll get quite a lot of questions about that because people are still unsure, obviously, you know, one thing in the media, yeah, go out, have it, it's completely safe. You know, Europe is saying um, the the AstraZeneca is not because of blood clots. Then they're saying actually there is no link. And then two weeks later, it's coming out. There is a link. I've had my first vaccine, and of course it was the the AstraZeneca. Now I'm thirty, so then I'm thinking, okay, so they're saying now if you're under thirty, you can chop, you can swap to a different one. All right. Doesn't it stand on where I am at. 30 bang on yeah like, bang like, on so, yeah so does so does the vaccine what once it gets to 30 the vaccine's just like okay not gonna i can't can't affect you yeah i'm not gonna give you, you a clot you're all right so it did make me feel a little bit but i i, I don't get too scared by it i think i i've, I've you know I, I understand the you know vaccination uh, i understand that, that, that there's always going to be risks but this is there's risks going out and Drinking the amount of stuff people put into their body on yeah. a night out is is ridiculous. Or, you know, people quite happily take paracetamol, and there are cases of stuff like that yeah. as well. I think I read a stat that it was one in like 70, 70 million or something that will get potentially blood clots from, uh, you know, the the AstraZeneca. But then one in one thousand can get blood clots from um, contraception. Yeah, like the pill. Uh, so, the contraception is so much more common like it's very very common you'd be surprised like you know it's it's like an everyday thing for a lot of women you know taking a contraceptive pill but yeah you're right it is one in a thousand sounds about right it's very common for a woman especially if her lifestyle is quite sedentary where she's you know people are working from home they're sat down all day you know don't really feel like going out they've not even changed to go out that's a big risk factor for a lot of women out there um i know that your you do work you know your yeah. work is you do with a lot of women as well so yeah it's it's a it's a big danger so if you're if you're not exercising you're not eating right you're not drinking plenty of fluid and you're taking the contraceptive pill you probably don't need to worry about what's in the vaccine and the key there uh, for the listeners is exercise and good diet which will always yeah no 100 i i agree come into play um, it always comes into play, yeah. So, I, yeah, I'm not worried at, at all. My one should be within the next, it should be in the next couple of weeks. Um, in terms of reactions, um, I had 36 hours of what I can only just describe as the worst hangover I've ever experienced. Um, I did feel like I'd been hit by a bus, but I would still not, te- I would not 
tell anyone to avoid it under any circumstances because I understand that that's the point. My body's trying to create something to yeah. m- mimic a situation so that my immune system can can go, okay, you know. Um, but uh, literally, something very strange happens. You know, if you have a flu, you don't just get better. You gradually get better. You, you, yeah. Your symptoms all loosen off. And I spent an entire day where I'm like, oh, my God. Um, and then it, I went to sleep. Then the next day, I still felt rough, okay, and then round about 11 a.m. or 12 p.m., something weird happened. It just disappeared. Just it just vanished. Off, yeah. um, and I'm like, whoa, what, what happened there? Um, so that was impressive. I've never experienced anything like that. But I know some people you know, did have a few days or whatever. But um, for the most part, people were fine, you know, and it's worth it to, to move into this, this new world that we have to move into. It's what's got to happen. But I imagine... The- of questions you get now are revolving around the vaccines, right? Yeah, vaccine related or, you know, getting the, the COVID tests, things like that. Yeah, vaccine. Going back to your point about AstraZeneca, I personally still think, for me, I was a big advocate of the AstraZeneca over the, the Pfizer yeah. because of the way it works. Um, I don't know if, how much detail you want me to go into, but yeah, I would still... I wouldn't think it's a problem. Like I've had a look at some of the data and it does. I think that the blood clot instances are pretty similar between the two. So I don't understand. I think that the whole problem with the AstraZeneca vaccine is the fact that because it was developed in the UK and it was not, the supply wasn't prioritized to a lot of Europe. I think that's why they tend to kind of make it seem like it's not as good. I mean, it's statistically, it's not. But for me, in terms of safety, I think it's safer because it's based on, you know, like it's basically like a modified flu jab. And obviously people have been having flu jabs for years and years and years. So the technology behind the flu jab is the technology behind the AstraZeneca. So if you've had flu jab before having the AstraZeneca, it's the same. It's the same risk factor. Whereas the Pfizer vaccine is a completely brand new technology that they've never used, you know, in a large scale vaccine program before. So out of the two, based on that, that's why I would lean towards the AstraZeneca anyway, because it's, you know, it's based on something which has been around for years, whereas the Pfizer one they've never done before. So in my head, the logic is like, okay, they're thinking it works great now, but, you know, because it's not even been tested that much. What happens in a year? What happens in two years? But again, I don't. I don't know if you want me to go much into detail. But that's where I stand in terms of the AstraZeneca. So yeah, I wouldn't worry. I mean, that's the one I would. I prefer anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, good because that's the one I had. Um, yeah. My wife had. My wife had the Pfizer. She felt a bit poorly, but we we you know, this is. I don't. I don't about the Moderna to, to go into it but um, either way I think the message is very simple isn't it yeah. which is go and have it get yeah get the vaccine there like I said my I have a preference but that doesn't mean there's anything to it I mean yeah. especially older people anyone who's got like breathing difficulties or anything to do yeah basically breathing difficulties is the key well, that's you, why I you had should my... definitely get it yeah. yeah let's talk a little bit about fitness Usman, um, I, every guest on always asks yeah. this question, uh, put you on the spot in front of the listeners. Yeah. What is your current fitness regime? 
currently it is zero i'll be honest <laughs> with you currently is zero um since obviously the pandemic everything shut down um to be honest i've not i've not really been not because obviously because it's closed for one and i'm not really a person who likes to run outdoors etc only because i've in like over the years had issues with my back so road running for me puts a lot of pressure on my back and right. it, the you know muscle soreness and things like that and my work a lot of my work st involves standing and walking around so it's just to kind of not have that uncomfortable time at work so i i don't that's why i don't like road running um i run in the i, I run in the park sometimes but i don't think I've, i haven't got the I haven't got the patience for it so i'd much prefer to be in a gym environment because for me mentally it's like right i've got ready you know i'm going to the gym i've mentally prepared that look this is the time i'm going to spend in the gym this is what i'm going to do yeah. that just works it just works for me that way so um, i recently got back into playing sports so i've i've playing a cricket league now so slowly getting back into that having you know the the muscle soreness that comes with not having played for years so yeah that's basically where i'm at in terms of fitness at the moment i mean i mean cricket that that's that's a, a challenging sport any any physical sport outside of tiddlywinks um yeah. which, is, which is a sport by the way believe it or not um yeah. is is physically um I, I i'll be the same obviously for what i do for a living i i, I do have to but um for me at the same with the pandemic i was terrible especially the last lockdown um i did get into a bit more running um but like you said i don't really like road running i prefer to go down to parks or like yeah. a, any nearby runs just out of town um living in the high peak the, the, the whole high peak is my garden so it's very yeah. easy to, to go and do that um but yeah no as soon as, as soon as the gym opened even though it's my own gym, I was back in there. And like you just said, I felt the same doms, um, you know, because just just even having a few months off is... Yeah, it makes is, a big difference. It, it makes a big difference. Um, and in terms of uh, diet-wise, that follows suit as well. Um, yeah, my, pretty much. I've just recently started doing my own programme. So I, I've run my programme and I do I work with women predominantly in my online program uh, the work I've run for three years now so to celebrate three years the, 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 the 30th group that I've done I thought you know what I'm gonna do this myself and I've never done that before I've never I've never followed my own program it's always been a do as I say not as I do kind of gig um, and I thought this time I'm gonna see what it's like I mean it's been it's been tough I've, I've, I've learned things along the way of um, I've learned things about how it is to be on the other side uh, and because I've never really been, never really had much problem with weight loss, you know, it's, it's, but obviously predominantly I work in, in that field and I've watched people really go through it, uh, through the mill and, and I've been doing this for three weeks and my God, am I unfit, um, <laughs> as un unfit as I thought I was, I you know, I think, oh, no, so I'm a fitness professional, I can do yeah. that, no, um, my eyes have gone, I can see, but 
I, I need to wear my glasses more frequently than I do. Um, and that's just from sitting inside and not being exposed probably to yeah. a lot of stimulation and, and stuff like that. So I, I'm with you, buddy. I get it. Even as a fitness professional, I, you know, um, but I like what you said about mentally preparing for for the gym. You know, if you've got, uh, I would tell people a lot, if you've got your fitness trainers, your, your kit, like at the door so as soon as you get up in the morning it's right there just get straight into it you can mentally prepare particularly in the morning right i'm going to the gym today but if you don't do that it's really difficult to to do right yeah because like i said i have a specific sort of like i used to go to the gym like two three times a week and i like to do certain you know like classic compound exercises so for me i need the machines i don't have you know i don't have a gym at home I don't have any like I don't really have a lot of equipment other than like sort of resistance bands and stuff so for me it I need I need the equipment to be able to do the you know the kind of the fitness that I want to do so yeah but I think it is a good point like once you're once you've left the house to go to the gym I think everything just kind of follows that's making that first step so I think, yeah, I've read a lot of quotes about, you know, even if the only thing you do is like put your shoes on and leave the house, go out for a minute and then come back in. That's the start of your routine. And for me, it's it just made it very easy. Once I know I've left the house for the gym and I know I've, I've got the next hour, it everything just follows for me. I was talking yeah. on, on a, I was talking to another guest um, on a different episode and we was mentioning I think it, I can't remember, it's, it's an ex-Marine or, or something, it does okay. a speech in America and he says, the best routine to have every day is make your own bed. Um, for similar to what you just said, it starts your day. And no matter what happens, for the rest of your day, at least you get to come home to a made bed. Yeah. It's, so it's just, just about just routine, isn't it? Obviously, you'll know more about this, but it's just getting yourself in a routine. The most difficult thing to do is actually start, even like, obviously not fitness related, even when it came to like me doing videos or podcasts. I've been talking about doing podcasts for, for about a year, but it was just like, oh, I kept, you know, like in your mind, you keep making excuses for yourself. So I was like, no, but I haven't got a good camera, but no, I haven't got a really good mic. And, you know, you're, you set your goal, like you'll see someone else's podcast and you think, oh, you know, nice studio, nice mic. And then, oh, I won't do it until I've got something similar. But that's one of the biggest problems, isn't it? Where you're comparing yourself to, you know, they may have been doing it for 10 years. That's why they're at that point. So, well, I mean, it took Joe Rogan a long time to get to where he was. You exactly. Know, it, yeah. It wasn't overnight success. Um, I'm sure he started with, you know, a standard mic. Yeah. Um, and it, a lot of people start... I know people who've recorded podcasts in in their cupboards, in their wardrobes, right? Yeah. To get the soundproofing. Yeah, to get the sound. Um, yeah. And and I, I even know people who've put like egg, you know, egg trays. Yeah, yeah. Turned them round and, and put and stapled them, collected them, and put them on the wall because it bounces back. Yeah, uh, I think it's for anything, isn't it? It's like whether it's fitness, whether it's doing something. It's actually once you start it, you feel so good because it's something you've wanted to do for ages. So that's same here once i once i finally go to the gym i said like, why didn't i just go before and you feel good same with the podcast once i did my first one i was so like enthusiastic i was like yeah you know i've started it now i want to do the next one now so it applies to a lot of things in life absolutely 
So you are an enthusiast when it comes to intermittent fasting, right? Um, yes. Now, intermittent fasting, for those of you listening that might not be aware, um, or IF for short, is a it, it's going in an extensive period of time. Um, fasting, where you are not eating. Um, different ways to do it, many different types of fasting. Um, there's 5-2, so calorie cycling. But the most common one, well, this is certainly the one that I, I, I do, Usman, is um, going to eight hours. So it's like um, I will pick an eight-hour window in the day, and that is where I'll have my calories. Um, and the best, and the reason that works for me is because I, when I am at my gym, um, if I'm if I'm coaching, I will be doing split shifts. So I will be there from six in the morning. So I'll get up early. And then I'll have this long period in the middle of the afternoon where I'm not doing a great deal. And then I'm back at work in the evening, then I'm straight to bed. Okay. So that particularly works for me in terms of finding a way to maintain my calories. And and, and I'm sure you will be familiar with some of the health benefits which we'll go into. So just in a nutshell, guys, intermittent fasting is simple. Basically, some people just say skipping skipping breakfast, but it goes into a little bit more than that. So, yeah. what, what's your take on intermittent fasting, Usman? Um, and what do you think are the benefits of doing it, and why you do it? Okay, so I'll tell you what led me to intermittent fasting. Um, I've always I've been into fitness quite a bit, and I've been, you know, on and off in the gym ever since I was probably like eighteen. So. For me, it was like, you know, body goals. So I was like, yeah, you know, flat stomach and low body fat percentage and all of this sort of thing. So when I was younger, it was fine. It was it was a little bit easier. You know, I'd eat what I want. I'd be in burgers, whatever, etc. Won't really make a difference. Never really even had to think about diet and calorie counting and anything like that never never bothered obviously as you get older as you, you, you know, get past, I, you get past 30 yeah. and so yeah that's it as soon as <laughs> soon as like it's like a switch goes off in your body when you go past 30 it's that something just switches off in your body so that's exactly what it was for me so i was like i was eating the same you know i'd always been about you know 75 kg waist 32 all my life and then all of a sudden you know my weight was like keeping up you know, got to like 80, 85. And I was like, what's going on here? Oh, then I'd, I'd tell myself, no, no, it's because you're training hard. It's muscle. And yeah. then my then my belt starts getting a bit tighter. Then I'm like, okay, you know, my waist. I was like, okay, this is this is not what I want. I'm not saying that, you know, 32 yeah. is the best or whatever, but for myself, for my own body image or what I thought I wanted to be, it, it went outside of that now. So I tried cutting down meals i tried just literally you know starving myself all of these different things you know i was trying what i could because obviously i was getting to a point where i was i was putting on a lot of weight because my wife likes to cook she likes to make a lot of desserts so you know she tries out loads of desserts and obviously once they're made you just you, it'd be rude not to it's got to be eaten right you yeah it, wait, it'd be rude it. not to yeah so I, I was trying everything i was getting a bit i was getting a bit down with the fact that look i'm not you know, not really doing any, I can't really get anywhere with this. So it was all of these methods I tried. And then as intermittent fasting came along, I thought, let me give it a go. And very, very quickly, I was able to, for me, it was more body fat rather than body weight, because I was still, I was still going to the gym. I was still training at the time. 
my my weight wasn't really that different like my weight wasn't going down but aesthetically looking at myself in the mirror and how my clothes are fitting me i knew that it was working so specifically targeting fat loss rather than weight loss because obviously they're, they're two different things yeah. as far as i can see so for specifically losing fat intermittent fasting was the thing that worked and then ever since that worked for me now it's a day it's what i do daily like it's what i do every single day like you said i follow the 16 8 so the 16 hours of the day where i don't eat anything or i don't have anything which has a calorie or which can spike your insulin so i can i have like i'll have water mainly for me it's just water i know that some people say that they they have black coffee or whatever but in the period where you're not where you're classed as fasting i just drink water and then there's eight hours of the day where you can you can eat so it kind of helps me you're naturally gonna eat less calories anyway because there's less hours in the day to eat Mm -hmm. so even just as that if you think about it as like calorie deficit or calorie control it just kind of helps because in your mind if you think oh okay i can only eat between let's say midday and 8 p.m which is what you know some people do you physically can't unless you're snacking which is obviously the worst thing you can do but if you're physically you can really only squeeze two good meals into that sort of time frame snacking you can probably snack all day but in terms of meals you you couldn't physically get two more than two good meals in so yeah combining all of those factors and then we'll i'll move on to when i started doing a little bit of medical research towards it but there that's basically what led me to intermittent fasting obviously you've done it yourself what was your sort of what was your or why do you do it i think i know you don't do it like every single day but when you do it what's your like thinking behind it so i do it because in order to in order to keep the composition um as you'll probably know one of the most difficult things to do in the world is simultaneously build muscle and drop body fat and whilst it's certainly possible to do um, the needle always has to be leaning more towards one than the other and I will go into intermittent fasting so so how I distribute my body weight is I never focus on a specific number I have what I call and what I teach a lot of my clients I call it the, the weight window and it's a weight window of about several seven pounds uh, seven pounds give or take so rather than and the reason for this is no one ever stays a sing, singular weight all right science tells us you're always moving one way or the other okay that's the space-time continuum and then from a physiological point you, you you know you either nothing stays still you're either going one way or you're going the other so for that reason i tend to have a window okay so and i teach this a lot so for example for me if it was between 11 to 11 stone as long as i'm within that window i'm happy okay and then if i start dropping under 11 that wasn't planned i then start to think okay i've moved the needle too much i'm not eating enough that i could be catabolic here i could be running the risk of breaking down the muscle tissue or if particularly if i'm training in the gym I run the risk of just not repairing or growing it to begin with because there's not enough calories to acquire that new tissue. So for that point, I would eat a bit more. And likewise, if I go over 11 and a half, then I think, okay, unless that was planned, 
that probably tells me I've been enjoying chocolate hobnobs a little yeah. bit too much. Um, so, so first of all, that's that's w- what it is for me. So, I tend to use intermittent fasting um, when I start going over that mark, which is okay. Um, so, particularly summer's coming up. The reason I don't do it all the t- all the time um, is because it's from a comfort thing. You know, I like to sometimes. Um, have breakfast with my wife randomly in one morning or you know I, I i like to stay up till one in the morning one time and be able to have a snack so the reason i don't do it religiously is because i still want to have those things that ultimately intermittent fasting wouldn't grant you yeah. as a result but the reason i do it is and i'm sure we'll, we'll go into the, the the medical reasons anyway but i i I, you know, as we know, the reason it works is mainly because it's a calorie deficit, which you just said before. It's very easy to be in a calorie deficit when you're condensing the time. And the other reason is because I know I'm allowing my body a long enough time, particularly in my sleep, to fully digest everything. So so you will see a lot of, and I go at them a lot, right, which is detoxes and juice cleanses. And it annoys me because I'm like, just let your organs do their yeah. job like your body's job is to detox to refresh itself and detox itself and you know and i find a great way to to do that is use of intermittent fasting because you're leaving your body alone for a long period of the time your body is needing energy that you're not going to give to it so your body is now forced to have to use its own energy energy source in which case we want that to be body fat now this is different to me putting someone on a 500 calorie diet every day because that is not only that you know extensive calorie deficit but that is you're just not feeding your body at all and your body's going to let you know of that because you're actually not going to just lose fat which people think they are they're actually going to break down their own muscle tissue for energy and that's a bad thing because we need muscle tissue to increase our metabolism we need it for many reasons um for women we spoke about working women before a lot of the time their periods will stop you know because they're going down to this this level the body will will create many different types of water retention as a byproduct as a defense mechanism so then the scales don't go down anyway because you've got all this water weight your metabolism is now slow because you're losing muscle so therefore you're storing fat so all these things start to happen so in for me the i i i've tried many different things because i i feel like i don't like to teach or preach something that i've not experimented with so i've done that with keto um i've done that with say five two calorie cycling i've done it with many things and the one for me that still works it fits into my time schedule is intermittent fasting um do i recommend it for everyone no so for example i work with a lot of nurses my wife it works in a hospital um it wouldn't work for her because you go these long extensive times in the middle of the day you've got to eat something you know because you're losing a lot of fluid um i do use water you mentioned black coffee so black coffee and water is the two ways that i do it and it fits into my life i get up some some most of the days a week quarter to five first thing i do i've got my coffee machine going off in the background right i know caffeine is a is a is an appetite suppressant and i also know that water is also an appetite suppressant and usually i can crack on with my day six o'clock i've got my first sessions and and personal training it does get a little bit harder around sort of 11 a.m and i try and 
but I, could, I just simply move my eight hour window. It's not the same every day. So it's usually about 12, one o'clock I'll start my eight hour window. If it needs to be later, fine. It means I can eat a little bit later in the evening. If, if I'm so hungry that I just need to go early, that's fine. It just means I won't have my evening meal till, till later. Um, so yeah, that, that's why I do it. And that's also a bit of to answer the question of why I don't do it every day as well. I think I'm finding a blend between understanding the benefits. It works for me, but I also, I, I don't want to be too restrictive that I'm not, you know, enjoying breakfast sometimes or and you know cheese and biscuits at the end at night which yeah. i'm not condoning because that is full of calories but you get what you get what i mean yeah. right yeah now going back to your point about letting your body heal itself i think that's sort of one of the reasons what led me you know once once i started doing a bit more research into it first of all obviously it was purely the the aesthetic benefit that i yeah. felt from you know from doing the intermittent fasting where i was like right i've on weight you know my clothes don't fit whatever intermittent fasting you know i'm getting to where i want to be but the more i looked into it the more benefits that i found so one of them being obviously where you said you know let your body repair yourself is is a very important one maybe not as much i mean in the 16 hour window obviously some people when they do intermittent fasting they'll they'll push it you know they'll they'll not eat for much longer but Around the 16-hour mark, from what I can from what I can tell, there is a point where your body goes into something called autophagy, where it begins to, you know, use up, you know, all the, you know, the dead cells. Yeah. It's, you know, gets rid of the dead cells, starts using them for energy, you know, basically like a cleansing process. Yeah. So, I've, I mean, obviously, there's no way to quantify that or notice that, but in terms of you know, when you you see your skin, things like that. I've noticed improvements in my skin as well, um, things like that. But the most important thing when it comes to intermittent fasting is there is some people in my family do have a history of diabetes. So one of the benefits of intermittent fasting is that not eating for 16 hours makes your body sensitive to insulin once again. So a lot of the problems, obviously, you'll know, that a lot of uh, the reasons why we get a lot of the illnesses we do, which is sort of like, you know, metabolic or cardiovascular is because it's not more to do with the fact that what you're eating is how often you eat. Yeah. So those people who like to snack all the time because you're eating, say you're snacking or eating every two hours, every time you eat, obviously insulin's released in your body, you know, to kind of get rid of the excess sugar out of your blood into your muscles. But if you're constantly snacking, constantly eating, the insulin's constantly being released. So obviously it gets to a point where your body starts becoming like immune to insulin because it's always there. So your body stops reacting to it. So that's basically diabetes. Yeah. So you, you've started putting on weight because you're constantly snacking. Now your body doesn't get rid of the excess sugar in your blood. So, you know, it's a recipe for disaster, really. So the main benefit of that is because you're there is no insulin in your body for 16 hours when you finally do eat and insulin is finally released your body knows exactly what to do with it or it gets rid of the sugar in your blood straight away yeah. so it's a much more efficient process so that's a benefit that i've taken on board because like i said there is a history of diabetes in my family so i'm thinking if i 
go down this route where my body stays sensitive to insulin, I'm much less likely to develop any of those symptoms further down the line. Yeah, and that's interesting. You know, I've, I've, obviously, I know the benefits, but I've never really, you know, uh, thought of it like that or had it explained like that. But of course, yeah. I mean, particularly, obviously, we're talking type two diabetes, and yeah. I've just helped. Um, I've been working with an online client. Um, Zoe, who has just recently, as I record this, reversed her type 2 to pre-diabetic. Yeah. Um, I've done it with a couple of people in the past. I always tell people it can be done. Um, yeah. Like I said, when you if you get catch it early enough, you as long as you you can, you'll, it's what we just said, right? Your body will fix itself if you yeah. just leave 100%. it leave it alone. Um, but people put you know people would do so much or, or mentally did get drained by it and and she decided she did the right thing she phoned me up she it was very difficult for her six months we've been working together and now she's in pre-diabetic territory so she so what you just i think that process you just mentioned now her body's getting used to react responding to insulin again her pancreas is starting to do its job which is what we said before your liver yeah. your pancreas your kidneys um same with water you know and, and hydration when I, one of the things i'll get people to do a lot is drink more water but yeah. then i'm like but callum i need to go to the toilet a lot you know i can't do that i'm at work and i'm like but keep at it like your kid, yeah. your kidneys are getting used to secreting that amount of fluid again. Over time, that will stop. You, you won't. You, you're the reason you need to is because you're not. Your body's not used to having that much yeah. fluid intake. Yeah, your body's used to running on like, for example, two glasses a day. So absolutely, it's, it's modified itself to kind of work on two glasses. Then all of a sudden, you go to eight. Your body's like, whoa. I've just about got used to how to survive yeah. on two. Now you're giving me eight. So that's why at the beginning you will start going to the toilet all the time. Yeah, yeah. makes sense. And it's, so it's the same thing with, with our organs and all of their function. One, one of my favorite things in, in the entire world is, is the, the human body. I think it is the most magnificent thing on earth. And the reason is that people don't un really look deep into how many systems are yeah. in the body your endocrinal system responsible for your hormones coursing through the body. They did so much, you know, your musculoskeletal system, your, you know, you, your vascular system, everything, yeah, all these different everything, yeah. systems, the nervous system, which is the most impressive of all. So you've got all these different things running on a machine constantly, constantly going round. Just leave it alone and it will do its job. And obviously there are some situations where that's, you know, Things may go wrong, health re things may happen where that are out of our control, and, and it, whether it be genetic or whether that just yeah. be a struck of bad luck. But the same process is the same, you know. Try and look after our body, and it will look after us. Um, but yeah, I like what you explained. Of course, that makes sense. If if you have snacking, is the, like you said before, it's the most detrimental thing for a weight loss journey, yeah. hands down. And of course, if you're going. 16 hours which is usually the typical fasting duration yeah. uh, that, that i would put people on anyway um of course you, it's completely the opposite to what you've been doing you've been doing 16 hours of continuous snacking yeah. now you're going 16 hours of not and even though because what i will tell people is look in those eight hours you still have to hit your calories don't try yeah. to under eat um yeah. if your calorie target is about 1800 still aim to have 1800 um, and if you don't, it's a deficit. It's a it's a benefit anyway. So the benefit of intermittent fasting is nothing to, in my opinion, nothing too much to do with 
oh, that's what helps me lose weight. No, it's still a calorie deficit that's making you, yeah. you drop fat, but it's the method. Um, it's yeah. the method of doing it that allows your body this long, extensive time to completely burn through, as you said, it's 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 dead weight, right? It's body fat, yeah. uh, wasted, extra extra calories that have been tucked in, so that when you do, and, and that's my other benefit, when you do eventually have your first meal, let's say that that was lunch, yeah. your body your body's going to be so thankful of it. Yeah. Um, the only thing I the only time I struggle sometimes is when I train fasted. Um, yeah. So I like to exercise in the morning. But of course, I won't eat until lunch. And although it's great because I know my body's there is a lack of energy levels. I know I won't be able to lift, particularly you were talking about compound movements. I know I wouldn't be able to lift if I go to do a deadlift or a squat. I'd never be able to lift what I could if I wasn't training faster because the energy is just not there. Yeah. But I know I'm forcing my body to go deep into its last reserve tank. Um, but then I know once I've done that workout, and I will we'll start my eating window and my fasting. My my body is going to appreciate every yeah. single nutrient, um, and it's going to go where it needs to go, and not because I'm sat down just throwing unwanted calories into my body. So, yeah, I think we can both agree that it's. Um, I'm I'm pro IF. I think it's brilliant. Um, um yeah, I'm a, obviously I'm like the the big fanboy. I'm a proper yeah. fanboy of IF. There's so many there's so many different reasons why I like it. But yeah, I, I will promote that to anyone. I mean, like I said, I know that you said that there's certain people that, you know, shouldn't or it doesn't really work in their lifestyle, but yeah. I think that there's there's a reason for why you should do it for in in a lot of cases. Yeah. I think I think for those people it, that there's other variations of fasting that can work the same way. Yeah. So what I will do because the five two diet is still a form of intermittent fasting. It's just a different way of doing it, um, but that's more in terms of cycling, cycling the calories, yeah. not just the duration. But ultimately, it's the same thing. You're putting your body in certain states. So for two days of the week, you you and you would pick them. So so we're talking about nurses or these people who wouldn't benefit from the traditional IF. If they're nurses and they have two days off, they're the days where they could get away with dropping the calories down to yeah. 700 and going no higher um, and then using water or black coffee as that tool. But then on the other days, their active days, they can bump them right up to sort of 1,600, 1,700. Yeah. It's still a calorie deficit, but it's yeah. the same thing. You'll go in these extensive times where you're letting your body do what it's got to do. So I, I still agree. I still think everyone could, would benefit from it. And even for those that wouldn't benefit from the traditional standpoint that we mentioned, there are always ways. There are other ways. Yeah, to... even if it's like once once a week, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of studies to show that even doing it like once or twice a week, you can still get benefit in terms of, you know, like what we're talking about, you know, letting your body heal itself. So even if it's not something that you can do on a daily basis. I mean, there's hormonal benefits as well, which is... I just wanted to touch on that briefly. Yeah. Um, for me, you know, as we're talking about going past the magic three O number, a lot of a lot of issues that my research has led me to find is that when men, when it comes to getting older, a lot of the a lot of the issues in terms of not being able to keep off weight and you know having a lot more plateaus when it comes to you know like strength training is decrease in testosterone. So another reason why I kind of stuck to that is, again, when you, your body gets to a certain point where it's not eating, there's, there's, a, there's a release of growth hormone. And growth hormone is related to 
testosterone release as well. So I found that, again, it, it's helped me in that sense. I mean, again, not measured it, but speaking to people who, who are, you know, experts and when it comes to hormones and things, especially in America where it's much more common, like as soon as you get past a certain age and you start noticing that, oh, you know, I can't keep the weight off as I used to or I can't lift as I used to, they tend to go on, you know, like medical testosterone because it's found that a lot of men have uh, deficiency yeah. in testosterone. I mean, in, in Western diets, it's mainly related to the lack of zinc because we don't a lot of people don't eat beef anymore because it's perceived to be bad right. but it does contain a lot of zinc so again dive, you know, going off on a little bit of a tangent but yeah that's another reason why i like to do it and also when it comes to supplementation i do take a lot of zinc and magnesium and things like that things that would help me in terms of like testosterone which is the only things that are known to help with testosterone so I don't know what you think about that, but that's no, I... what I found that a lot of the things that go wrong or I, I think a lot of us put it down to being age related. Yeah. But if we look to it, it's probably to do with the fact that our testosterone levels have dropped. I don't know what I... your research has told you. or I completely agree with that. Um, like I said, the, the endocrinal system is something that I'm, I'm still studying very in depth to, to this day because I even down to your nervous system your hormones really do control so you said about america you know one thing that is becoming more acceptable uh, particularly in 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 uk's medicine is that, that your gut is almost like i don't want to say second brain but that's how it was certainly worded yeah. over in the states and 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 they, they are you know a lot of it's been writ you know now written down in our modern text which is there is studies to show that your gut is almost like a, not a second brain, obviously, but it does have its own sort of system, its own um, situation where, you know, things can go in and what you put in your body can, um, you know, I'm not talking about leaky gut syndrome or stuff that's yeah. not really medically cleared, but things that say, look, if what you put in your body can have a lot of effect because, you know, it's really sensitive like your gut your your whole intestines it has it has to absorb a lot of different things yeah. um, i mean we've been talking about it anyway like like we said if you if you're snacking all the time and your body and your gut realizes you're snacking all the time then it's then that's linked to insulin that's linked to pancreas if you're drinking more water than you're used to then that's affecting your kidneys and mm -hmm. you know so yeah you're right it's, i agree it is like a second brain because everything you put into it will affect one thing or another yeah, yeah. So that's how i how i see that you mentioned testosterone um and, it, and it's interesting because um so i stopped eating red meat um about 18 months ago of course it had something to do with the game changes but it wasn't my it my wife and my daughter. oh did you did you go vegan so we didn't go vegan i went pes <laughs> i went pescatarian right oh okay so, because I, I still eat plenty of fish. In my opinion, I can get a lot of a lot of the the, the supplements I'm missing from red red and white meat from yeah. fish. Right, fish is high in fatty acids, which yeah. your body loves. It's high in the protein. There is zinc. There is metal based um, yeah. substances within the fish. Obviously, too much can also cause a problem. You can get yeah. too much um, magnesium, zinc, etc. Um, but so originally originally i wanted to do it for 
not for health reasons. I wanted to do it for moral reasons, right? I, I, okay. Personal to me, I, I didn't want to eat animals if I could help yeah. it. And, and so for that point, I was like, okay, let's try it. My wife and daughter came down, right, that's it, we're not eating red meat, we've watched this documentary. I'm like, you yeah. know, it's just a documentary, right, on Netflix. There's there's always counterpoints to it. No, 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 she won't have any of it, neither of them were. Um, so I thought, okay, well, I, I've been thinking about this anyway, so let's do it. Um, but you mentioned it was funny you mentioned about the lack the, the lack of zinc from red meat, and of course I didn't take supplements to, outside of vitamins because I knew I was missing yeah. some essential, particularly the B the B twelve family. Yeah. So I was taking vitamins. Um, then it started moving back into. I thought, okay, chicken will come back in a little bit, poultry, yeah. just to add to that protein. But talking from a testosterone standpoint, of course, the, at the same time my wife and I was trying for a baby, and. Um, not going into too much detail. Yeah. We got it. We managed to get there once and things didn't quite work out. But okay. ever since it's been difficult and it makes me, uh, so recently I did actually, now you've said that, uh, speaking to a couple of, a couple of the trainers that said, you know, you might want to start eating meat, get yep. just, just a little bit, just throw a bit. I agree. Of, um, so the reason why I carried on doing it though, Osman, is because you mentioned about skin. Um, so I, I have asthma, which I mentioned, I also have eczema. The moment, and I mean the moment, I stopped eating beef um, and pork, gone. Yeah. Now, my asthma's still there, but very controlled. I rarely need to use my inhaler. And my eczema's virtually gone too. So oh, whilst they're not good. completely gone... Now, is there, is there... I haven't had any blood tests to confirm this, right? Because so I, uh, it's very um, subjective to me. But I experienced from me, well, it just feels a bit weird um, that, you know. Now, here's another thing. I had pork for the first time in, in 18 months yes, yeah. yesterday, right? Okay. The, the other day for a barbecue. Um, I'd had a couple of drinks. Of, oh, I'll just pass it here. The next Your day. body came, rejected it. Yeah. So, so, so I know. So I've had it confirmed. Like, yeah. okay, there's some things. Um, but I have, what I have tried to do, but then that could be because I've gone a long period of time without having it. That's you mentioned before. If you remove something from your diet, it's, it's so for me, I think I need to turn down the supplements road um, or it's going to be one or the other for me. So whilst I probably my testosterone is low because of the lack of red meat and there are health benefits to eating red meat. I completely agree. It's clearly, there's something in. Uh, the blood in the plasma of red meat that my body from atopic standpoints so you know eczema asthma for those who don't know they are atopic conditions they're basically allergy they're responses yeah, yeah your body is response, yeah. yeah your body's getting confused it doesn't like something um and for me i i firmly believe that there was something in 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 red meat that my body just rejects and as a response it triggers um those things which is a shame because i i, I love beef yeah. <laughs> um so what would you say there then Osmo? Did, did, i would, would you... definitely say that look into your supplementation of zinc i mean again i'm not i do like i do like a good steak don't get me wrong but for me now it's more i i've noticed the difference on you know like say one week i've had a couple of steaks and i'm wanting to train i yeah. do feel as though i can train better when I've had that and the only thing I can put it down to is what I've looked into is the fact that it's the zinc like naturally again western diets 
because it's not really a problem like elsewhere in the world but in terms of western diets we seem to have Carbs you know beef and things like that we've sent to we've kind of disregarded now because they're like oh no it's got so much fat in there and cholesterol and etc yeah which i agree with but the other thing is that there's you know we're not getting as much zinc in our bodies so again ever since you know beef has become like a it's not really a common thing anymore you have to specifically go out and get it now like yeah. it's not you know every other thing's made a chicken or whatever yeah. but if you look at it in terms of society there are more fertility issues now right. um in men you know especially like birth rates and things like that i've worked you know obviously with like fertility people and you know we've had this discussion and you know it's 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 a very ob- there's a very obvious link to not specifically beef but obviously in this case zinc yeah. the fact that the not a lot of people have like you know the nuts and the seeds and you know the other things which contain magnesium and zinc anyway it's not a common thing yeah so if you're not having that and you're not having beef then your testosterone levels low obviously testosterone production of sperm etc not to get into too much detail but yeah the i've they've noticed that as well in certain people that i know who you know were trying for a long time and once they you know not just that i'm not saying it's like some magic pill but diet exercise started going to the gym started drinking water started eating clean and started supplementing with you know zinc or zinc magnesium etc and then after like five years that person managed to you know they managed to they managed to conceive so i'm not saying it's going to work for everyone but i i personally think there is a direct link I'm talking about testosterone in general. I'm not talking about yeah. just obviously for children, but yeah. for me, it's a, it's a very big issue like testosterone thing because I've that's one of the things I've looked into a lot. So if you've got test, like testosterone is the difference between when you go from like, you know, when you go through puberty, you know, you put on, you put on mass, you put on size, you know, your skin, hair growth, etc., becomes really, you know, good. So... I've noticed it in a in a smaller scale that you know all of these things have improved when I've started supplementing with things that I think are specifically geared towards testosterone. Yeah, no, I I I find it very interesting, um, and I think yeah, that that's probably something that I have um, been a bit lackadaisical with. Um, you know, I I I I always promote a balanced diet. Um, the reason why I've kept very minimum um of red meat is a because it's become a habit with my diet that i've got um and b because of what i told you about the the responses to my yeah no yeah 100 percent. i agree it doesn't necessarily have to be that but the things that are in there which you're not getting from your diet elsewhere you probably should consider supplementing with and that's what i've not been doing very well with um apart from the vitamins you know i'm not I should have really done a lot more research to go, okay, if I'm going to remove something from my diet because of the X, Y, yeah. I also need to remember that I'm going to be missing, you know, uh, W and X. There's, there's you know, there's, there's yeah. other things that I'm missing, um, not just outside of the vitamins. So I, I don't want to say I've half-arsed it a little bit. And I think a lot of people do. They, they make these changes. I've had clients that have tried vegan, right? Two months to back off it because they're, they're – immediately removing a lot of essential nutrients you know no matter how we look at it 
the body will always prefer a balanced diet. It needs yep. little bits from everything. Yeah, um, but that's why I like intermittent fasting, because even though you are going, it's all about time of, of putting your body through a fast, you're still eating the food you want to eat. Yeah. It's just the way you're doing it. Um, and that's why I like that as opposed to keto, which is, you know, let's demonize carbs or yeah. slimming world, which may not admit it, but they demonize fats in order to achieve the, 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 their system. So either way you're looking at it, you're it's working because of a calorie deficit because you're essentially cutting a macronutrient. A third of your daily intake is yeah. gone. Um, yeah. But we know that doing that isn't the best because we need carbohydrates despite how much they get a negative limelight. We certainly need fats and they definitely get a negative limelight in a more confusing way because people don't understand the difference between mono, polyunsaturated fats, yeah. unsaturated fats, you know, transaturated fats. And and what, what, what particularly now, even with protein, you know, supermarkets, manufacturers are jumping on protein because, like, oh, protein is like the Lamborghini of macronutrients. Yeah. We need to slap protein on, on our products to make yeah. people buy it. And, and people aren't, aware of what that they need all of it whereas intermittent fasting is the only one that i get behind because you can still have all of them we're not changing we're not removing anything from our diet yeah. we're simply just changing the quantity of what we're eating or at least controlling the the habit of our eating pattern we're, all, we're almost changing our carcadian rhythm when it comes down yeah, to 100 hunger yeah you know? Yeah, no, good points there. I mean, that's why I'm against, I'm pretty against veganism, if I'm honest with you, right. mainly because of that, because like you said, most people will fall off the wagon, mm. whether it's two months or whether it's six months, simply because the amount of protein that you can get elsewhere, yeah, you can, you know, oh, I'll get my protein, like, they, you know, people try and get it from various other sources, like, oh, they'll say, oh, I've got plant-based or I'll take some sort of protein supplement. But when it comes down to it, the the bioavailability of protein or amino acids specifically when you eat meat is completely different to when you're getting plant-based. So, for example, if you've eaten some meat, you know, like animal-based meat product, more of that is more of the amino acids become available for you to absorb and digest compared to plant-based. So yeah, you might say, Oh, you know, I get my 50 grams of protein through whatever, you know, some plant-based or whatever source, but a hundred really thousand grams of kidney beans to get. Yeah. That's what I mean. But you're not, protein. even though like it may say, yeah, it's got 50 grams of protein and yet this, steak has 50 grams of protein just for argument's sake but the amount of amino acids your body's going to absorb from the two is very very different yeah. so just saying 50 grams and 50 grams is it's not the same and also again like like we've mentioned your the amount of vitamins and minerals that you're getting is different so what happens in a lot of cases that i've seen with people who've turned to vegan especially after game changes is yeah they do it for three months yeah they do it for six months but then they started noticing they start they they start declining in some sort of way, like whether it's illness or whether it's fatigue, simply because your body can go without certain vitamins or nutrients for X amount of time. But when it gets to a certain point and you're not reintroducing those vitamins and nutrients back into your body, your body can't compensate for it anymore. So then you'll start noticing it. So a lot of people who do veganism 
are great on it. They're like, look at me, I've lost so much weight. Um, but after six months, that's when reality really strikes because yeah. your body can compensate up to a certain point. Yeah. But after that, it can't. Yeah, I'd completely agree with that. Um, I'm not a massive fan of veganism. I understand why people do it for, for ethical reasons. Oh, no, no, yeah, I, I agree with that. But uh, if you trying to people... promote it as like a this savior yeah. of like health and no. So and and that's that, that I I completely agree. I'm not a fan of the game changes because of what it created. You know this because you've stuck a couple of athletes on that have gone. Oh, I'm training better from a plant based diet, and it's like no, you're not. No, you're not. Um, yeah. But it, it, you know, and that's fine. If anyone's listening to this, this is vegan again. I respect the choice. Of no, 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 hundred percent. But it, it, it yeah, I, I have to be straight down the line as as a, as a nutritionist. No, that's not. It's not no, the, ethically. It's, not it's it fine. I agree yeah. with that. But you need to. For me, if you're do, if you're following veganism, your supplementation needs to be yeah. on point. You need to do a lot of supplementation, like one hundred, Partic- like particularly if it is ethical reasons. Because okay, you don't want to eat meat because of the ethical yeah. um, status that you or the stance you take on it. But you still need to get all of the nutrients particularly yeah. if your body you know no we're not born into veganism we we're, yeah. we're on animal based stuff from formula you know we we and and you can't just remove that from the body because of an ethical standpoint you yeah. have to get the nutrients that you're not going to get from that anymore um, and particularly protein if we're talking about fitness you are not and i don't care who you are yeah. right you are not going to get the same amount of protein on a plant based diet that you would do um on, on, on a carnivore, but or, you know, just a yeah. general balanced diet, it's just not going to happen. A chicken breast is going to you. Let's take a fillet steak, which is probably going to be the highest per yeah. per gram. Let's say it's about twenty five up to thirty gram uh, in some cases, if it's quality beef, a protein, right? Per, for a small amount of yeah. time. You and, and and then you'll get people say, well, oh, your body can't actually, um, it can't actually break down the. Pro-. Yes, it can. It will. Yeah. It, it will break yeah. it down. That's what um, it's made for, yeah. You, you'll say, people, oh, no, your body can only break down a certain amount. No, this is the anti-protein guys, and they're worse than all of them. The, yeah. the, I've seen I've seen GPs go on yeah. like the TV um, and make some bogus claims about protein. And I, just, I just laugh at it, Mike. No. Um, of all of the macronutrients, we don't need to worry about the protein. Just get it in. But then, yeah. but the, you know, I have, of course, since doing this myself, noticed a massive decline in protein. And I'm having to turn more towards whey protein, which is cost effective because you have to yeah. keep buying all these. And I, and, and you know, yes, I, I do still eat fish I can, and chicken. I can get the protein from there. So I know I can go without beef if need, you know, because yeah. I can get. But if I was to go full vegan um, and just eat what pulses, um, yeah. And and that's it because outside of pulses, there's everything else is animal based to yeah. get the protein. And when you try and take the concept of protein, yes, it does come from plants. Um, originally, comes from the ground. An animal would then eat that plant or grass all day long, yeah. right, for weeks to get the amount of protein that you need. You will then eat that muscle from that animal to get yeah. their protein from them. In, yeah. and into your it's body. concentrated basically they have to eat a whole field's worth of xyz to so get to, yeah uh, so in, yeah 
I say to people, you are not a cow, you're not a farm animal, you will not eat that amount of plants to get the protein that they need. So what you've essentially done is you've gone plant-based, fine, but you've, you're you not going to get the same amount of protein as what the animal would because you don't sit and eat grass all day yeah. long. So you'd get the protein quicker by eating the muscle from that animal yep. and in turn you take a part of that muscle into your own. It's the circle of life. Would yes, 100%. Yeah, also the thing, obviously not trying to bash veganism, because like I said, ethically, I, 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 I can understand why certain people would do it. But a lot of people who say, oh, as soon as I've turned to veganism, I have lost so much weight. Yeah, you will lose weight because most meats contain fat. So once you take that out of your diet, because the cooking of meat or meat itself essentially has fat in it. Yeah. So once you take that out, there's not much fat source you're getting so naturally the first few weeks you do it you're gonna lose weight because what really can you eat like you know your salads and your pulses and your whatever they're not really fat dense um you know the bad fats let's say so naturally yeah yeah literally so you you know the the calorie content of those foods is less anyway so naturally you're gonna lose weight so it's not because of you know you've cut meat out of your diet and everything's rosy it's just literally the options you have are so limited now and so um you know the opposite of calorie dense is naturally gonna happen but then like i said eventually you're gonna notice the difference once you if you're not supplementing but yeah not bashing it i agree in terms of ethical standpoint but in terms of a fitness and nutritional physiological standpoint i i can't get behind it at all yeah 100 percent agree if you don't want to eat animals because you love animals, I 100% agree. Yeah. That's part of the reason why I wanted to try it um, because I, I've always just felt like a hypocrite um, to love animals and hate animal abuse, but then I'm quite happy to have it on my plate. And there's something quite hypocritical about that, but we all do it. Um, but then, So I tried that, but then in the end I'm like, yeah, but you know yeah. what? I see it in a different way. That animal has given me a lot of benefit, um, and by not doing it, I'm, I'm suffering my, my my own health. So, I try. I try. I didn't go full vegan, but I've I've dipped dipped my toe in the water a little bit, like I have with everything. Yeah. And yeah. Ethical, fine, but understand that by doing it, you have no new, real nutritional benefits, and you need to supplement a hell of a lot to get any more nutritional benefits. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Okay, so we've got kept you for a while, but that was no, don't worry, because yeah. I could talk about nutrition till yeah. cows come home. No pun intended. Um, so it is one of those one of those things for me. But yeah, IF is fantastic um, in in terms of what I'd recommend. So to sum up, Osman, what would um, you know if 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 you had some life lessons along the way? Whether it be nutrition, whether it be uh, pharmaceuticals, vaccine, any of the things that we talked about today, what would it be? What What would you say? Because um, I'm not sure how old you are. You mentioned thirty. I'm I've just turned thirty, so I'm I'm just entering entering in, and I do find that not trying to sound old, but you just wisdom just switches on yeah. the moment that you turn the big three out. So yeah. what what would your last words of wisdom be? Pearls of wisdom. I mean. It's hard to to kind of sum everything up that you've you've learned. I mean, for me, it's like like you. I think you you're doing the right thing. You're saying the right things in terms of if you like to do something, whether it's you know 
health, fitness related or, you know, hobby related, the, just try to do it. Like, don't worry about whether it's going to work for you or you're going to be amazing at it or whatever. I think trying for yourself is so much better than, you know, waiting for someone else's opinion. Like someone's opinion is great. You know, like someone who might be an expert, you know, might be bodybuilding champion of the world might tell you something. But unless you do it yourself and work out for yourself, you know what, this this is for me, this isn't for me. That's where and I think it's more trial and error. So anything you want to do in life, give it a go. I mean, like you said, you know, you gave you gave it a try. You found it didn't work for you. And then you've learned a lesson. And now you found an alternative, which is sort of in between, which is better for you. So, yeah, whether it's to do with health, fitness, nutrition, like I said, I tried all the different diets. I was like, you know, 500 calories and starving myself and, you know, cardio until I couldn't walk sort of thing none of it worked and then you know i i stumbled upon if and then it worked for me and then i started looking into it a little bit more so same again same like we were talking about podcasts and things like that i've been wanting to do it for a while but i'm looking i'm thinking oh you know i can't do it because of xyz until you actually do it you won't know and then you can find your own way with whatever it is in life so i think it applies to a lot of different things not just sort of health fitness just generally in life as well perfect so I think the closing message of this episode is just do it, which I yeah. think is Nike's slogan, right? Yeah, it's their slogan, yeah. <laughs> I think they just did it for a different reason, but yeah, yeah. there is yeah. there is definitely something in it. Awesome. All right, well, it's been fantastic to have you on No, it's on, been on, great, on yeah. No, it's... Um, definitely learned a lot. The, the testosterone bit has definitely tweaked my attention. That's something I'm going to be going into a little bit um myself in terms of the if i'm going to be doing a bit more research into that because yeah. that was that was interesting something i never really thought about before but everything else is fantastic um so where can people find you and check out your your podcast your content uh so yeah any any of the the major platforms because i used to be on tv my i my username 10 is become tv loves me all one word any of the major you know twitter instagram youtube you'll you'll find me on there um so yeah, that's that's basically anywhere. I've kept the same in username for everything. So if you want to check out any of my stuff or if you want to ask any questions regarding sort of anything that we've mentioned, obviously you can put it in the comments so you can just drop me a DM. Awesome. Fantastic. Um so I will yeah, I'll put that in the descript link to the description so you can go and check out Usman um and his work. Um and apart from that, yeah, I hope hopefully uh, wish you all the best and uh, thank you no i've really um, enjoyed it every you know you can tell you're very passionate about what you do so you know very happy to talk to someone who's got similar interests and you know you clearly got the knowledge when it comes to um the health and fitness thing i've I've also got the knowledge when it comes to choosing football team as well i think that's that's the only way where the uh the, the disagreement think, stops no we'll, well well you chose it for this day for your 30th birthday it was the right decision but for the past 30 years it probably wasn't <laughs> awesome awesome all right well thank you very much um take care and uh, yeah, yeah hopefully you. have you back on the show one day yeah anytime anytime more than happy to come back all right thank you very much Bye.